Right to be read podcast episode number 137 interview with Alex Newton. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast and this is your host Annie Alexander. Hello there and welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. It's me Annie Alexander and I hope that you did win the NaNoWriMo and you ended up with a novel. I hope that your NaNoWriMo experience was good, that you ended up at least with a habit of writing every day and that you were not disappointed with what you've got as a result and you will end up with a really polished, nice and published book at the end. As for today, uh, today we have yet another interview and I will be talking to Alex Newton, who is the CEO and founder of Kalytics.com, which is the leading Kindle marketing research service on the net. Alex brings more than 20 years of experience in publishing, data analytics and management consulting to the table. Today we talk about his company Kalytics, about publishing trends and how he made the transition from traditional career to online entrepreneurship. And what's even more important, we discuss how one can predict if the book will sell or not before even starting writing that book. Well, I hope you'll enjoy it and find it valuable and let's dive into the interview now. Hello, Alex. Welcome to the Right to be Right podcast. I'm happy to have you here. Hi, Annie. It's a great honor to be here. And hello to all the listeners. Hi. Okay, so uh, we'll start with you explaining our listeners, what do you have in common with writing books and self-publishing? What do you do there? All right. You know, um, my background basically is I, I'm uh, the founder of the website klytics.com. It's k-lytics.com. And we basically provide market research services for Kindle authors, for authors in general and small publishing companies, uh, basically with a very simple mission to, to allow you to make faster and better publishing decisions that at least increase the odds of success. Uh, of whatever you do out there in the market as an author or publisher. Okay, I see. So basically, it's like you're covering the hard part, like what needs to be done after writing and finishing the book, right? Well, it's it's more actually the front end because, yes, um, the research does help you a lot in, in terms of where to position your book, like in what categories, etc. after it's finished. But the, the, the whole purpose of, of what, what I'm doing is actually more upstream, um, even before you start writing a book. Because, because the situation is, and we talked briefly before, Annie, um, you know, there is currently about 3.2 million English-speaking titles on Kindle. And many people, you know, young people, people with a vision, hey, I can do an online income with Kindle, come into this market not aware of the competitive situation. So in essence, you know, the, the data we're offering is helping people to identify those Kindle markets where you have still a considerable level of sales, but at the same time, it constitutes market niches that are not overly crowded yet. So um, so that's the one purpose. And the other purpose is, 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 is uh, very frankly, also to tell people not what not to write. 
Huh? So, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I see. And and that's very important. So just to give you an example, and uh, you know, I had an elderly couple, you know, who came came to us and say, "Hey, we have this. We are retired now. We want to generate a little additional income." And they go, and we have this great this great passion for gardening and we know everything about gardening i said okay very good let me have a look in the database and you know within one second i could tell them okay there is about more than 20 subcategories on the topic of gardening but none of even if you make it into the top 20 in the category you will never sell more than two to three copies a day at probably 2.99 dollars so it's it's also about what not to do and not to fall into the trap of believing there is a market when there in, in fact is no market at all. Okay, I see. So basically, um, I mean, since I'm kind of smelling business in here, like the business approach to writing, that's, you know, how I call it usually. Let's get back to your story because I know that this is not something you've been doing since a long time. It's like, you know, you had a longer story of doing something else and uh, you were in corporate, which you were happy enough to leave. So tell us that story. Why did you want to leave and how did you manage to do so? Right. So I, ironically, I, I did start in publishing about 20 years ago uh, when I worked for a couple of company for a while but my main career has been in one of the uh, top three top management consulting companies in the world uh, where I worked for about 20 years so my whole you know life and passion uh, was about solving complex problems you know for, for companies usually based on on analytics and data and for me that has been a very great career you know both career-wise so income-wise, um, but as you know, sometimes I think it does not matter whether you work in whatever top management or are even the boss of a 500,000-employee company or whether you work in McDonald's. Um, mm. Now, this, this may sound arrogant as, at first, but the point I'd like to make is, um, yes, there, both people have a great, great divergence in income, but probably their stress level and the lack of time they spend with their family is is the same. And it, it's sometimes sometimes funny to see how how you know equally people who work at a conveyor belt in a factory or work at McDonald's or work as a waiter or waitress are equally as unhappy as the people who have all the money but who work ninety hours for an investment bank, right? Mm -hmm. So my so my personal story was well, not necessarily one of great unhappiness, quite quite contrary. But you know, I'm I'm father of a little daughter, and I just noticed that I spend uh, the majority of time traveling and living out of the suitcase and not seeing my family enough. And my story into the online business literally began about not too long ago, about two years ago. I literally I knew what a website was. I had no clue how to, what's the difference between whatever a hosting provider and a domain registrar and what is WordPress and what is this and what is the membership site. I had literally no clue. So, but two years ago, 
So here I am in a really, excuse my words, shitty hotel, you know, somewhere in an industrial city and preparing myself for a client meeting. And I wake up in this hotel and think to myself, what the heck am I doing here? And that's where I determined I have to decouple my personal presence and work hours from the income stream. And I, and that's when my dream started of getting into the online business because I felt there you have endless opportunity. Yeah. And, um, probably also a lot of competition, but there's a lot of opportunity and it gives you at least in theory exactly that opportunity of, of making your dream come true of generating an income stream, which is not directly related to you standing, uh, whatever being in a meeting room in a company or standing behind the counter at McDonald's. Okay, I see what you mean. So most of our listeners would eventually like to quit where they are uh, for the same reasons, most probably. And they would like to become uh, authors instead. So I, I guess, you know, it's not exactly the same, but maybe if you share like, you know, how did you do that? Like, you know, where did you start? What did you do exactly? Like, what were the things that helped you actually make this transition? Absolutely. Well, the, the first thing was to, to find out what I wanted to do. And, and that alone, to many, is a, is a huge burden. And, and uh, many people never come past that point. And I actually started with probably the same dream as many of your listeners have. Um, I, I thought to myself, I wanted to write books, right? And so I, I went for one of these courses, how to write a Kindle book and how to upload your Kindle book and how to get rich with Kindle type of thing. And at the time, it was about two years ago, it was one of these courses that taught you how to do a cheap ghostwritten outsourced book and uh, whatever, do the do a paleo breakfast recipe book and upload it and uh, and you'll be rich. Yeah? I'm, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> but yeah. Now, right? but, but actually, it was a very good course uh, and a very good person doing it. However, you know, being a fact-based person, I went onto the Kindle platform and really started to dive into the Amazon website, right? And I basically, I'm, I'm, I'm very good with computers, so I... I found a way of, of really digging deep into what does sales rank mean actually in terms of sales, how does sales rank behave over a 30-day period, over a 90-day period. So uh, my first conclusion was if you see a paleo breakfast recipe book ranked number one on one day, you know, it doesn't mean anything because mm. the, the, the sales ranks fluctuate by, I mean, I analyze now about 1.5 million books and the sales rank fluctuate by as much as up to 25% in a 24-hour period and about 90% over over 30 days. So to cut a long story short, I started with probably the very same dream and, and actually wanted to pursue the dream, but I got sidetracked into, hey, with my analytical power, the, the thing that I've been doing for the last 20 years, I could bring value to this new market over and above me becoming an author. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to become an author, but I suddenly saw how my current passion and knowledge, you know, could relate to this industry. So the, the first thing I want to convey is um, you may not end up necessarily in exactly the space 
you, you dreamt you would end up when you started, right? So maybe you, you started as a Kindle author and saying, hey, I want to be an author in whatever nonfiction books, and you end up being the most successful romance writer there probably is, or vice versa. Or So the first thing is, you know, let's be a bit flexible on the way, but uh-huh. let's not lose out of sight where you want to be. And so basically what I what my advice would be to your listeners, to the listeners, is, okay, if you say you want to be an author, you know, really ask yourself why you want to be an author. Do you want to be the author because you have something to say to the world? You have a certain passion about something you want to share? You want to be an author just to pay the rent? Um, you want to be an author because you want to be a, a publishing entrepreneur? These are very different objectives. And I think it's very important that you know the objective mm. when you start. Agree. So I just, you know, can't help myself but asking, why did you want to become an author? See, my my story ended up like it probably ended up was I wanted to be an author because I wanted to spend more time with my wife, my five-year-old daughter. And I wanted to be able to work from anywhere at any time for the time I wanted. That, that's perhaps the simplicity of it. Okay, I, I see. I, I'm just wondering because, I mean, everything you told is kind of, you know, more people want to become entrepreneurs and specifically online entrepreneurs for those same reasons. So <laughs> it kind of, which you eventually became at the end. So that's why I asked. It, it, exactly. And and so t- to me, it is, I, I think now working with many authors, and by the way, my, my dream of, I, I am authoring whatever my kids book and, and uh, this and that, but it, it has not ended up like being my prime mission because the objective was basically not, hey, I have this great passion and I want to share it, you know, via the book channel. I have, but it ended up like I have this great passion and dream. And I just found almost by coincidence that this Kalytics service offering is the best way I can convey and convey my passion and let other people participate in that passion and get some value from it. And I think as an author, I, I would now, I think if I now were to write a book, and by the way, I may be writing a book about all this in Kalytics, is, is really having something to share and creating value for other people by sharing it. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I see. I see now. So uh, let's create value now. Let's just talk about you you mentioned that what you are offering in terms of data and in terms of information that the authors are needing uh authors can use both before they start writing their books or uh you know at some point even after in terms of marketing those books so um so what is the best like let's say i i just you know i haven't written anything yet uh i just only have the decided whether I want to cover fiction or nonfiction. That's the only decision I've made. And mm-hmm. now I have to start from scratch. So I need some kind of information to base my decision zone. And uh, what do I do next? What is it that I have to look at? Right. So if you're saying, well, let's take 
fiction, um, for an example, because you mentioned it, say you have made up your, your mind roughly. Um, the, I mean, the first thing to look at is if you want to write fiction, um, you want to write for a certain market, obviously, or for, for a certain readership. Now, the first thing b- before I get to the data bit is, is again a little bit of, you know, philosophy on the side. I believe personally the most successful authors are those authors who do have a certain passion for something and they can make this passion coincide with mm-hmm. the real, with the realities of the market. So where demand is, right? Yeah. So, so even if you say there's, and there's two types of authors now going into fiction the ones would be simply well tell me what are the best fiction markets to go into and we'll talk about this in a second or there's others who say who at least have to narrow down their prime genre so for example they say look the only passion i really have and will ever have is science fiction literature so i want to do science fiction and to those authors my answer would be well that's great but do you know that if you go into science fiction on Kindle or any bookstore for that matter, there is about 70 subgenres, market niches defined within the very genre of science fiction. So is it whatever? Is it science fiction dystopian? Is it alien encounter? Is it post-apocalypse novels? So you see there is, you know, there's lots of nuances. And all these markets have a very different performance on Amazon Kindle um, uh, in terms of the level of sales and the level of competition. So give you a concrete example. If you want to go into, before we even dive to the niche, niche level, the first thing to realize is if you go on Kindle, there is currently about, about 30 main genres ranging from romance, science fiction, biographies, memoirs, children's books, you name it, down into, you know, more technical, um, non-fiction book genres. And the first thing people have to know, the, the genres that dominate Amazon Kindle, and when I say dominate, I really mean dominate, is romance, mystery, thriller, suspense, science fiction and fantasy, and then still a little bit of teen and young adult, and then it's rapidly, rapidly tailing off. So, you know, that is the first thing to know. Then, and 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 by the way, that does not mean that you have to do romance, mystery, thriller, suspense, science fiction, or teen and young adult. You know, there is also other markets to be had, but you really must be aware that the typical Kindle owner, the reader on Kindle who's buying books, is mostly buying in those genres. Okay, I see. So, uh, what do you think in that case? I mean, it's it's quite a time-consuming thing, right? It's it's not like something you can do in ten minutes and figure the, all these things out. So, uh, I mean, writers have this um, challenge of balancing their time between writing and marketing their book and actually engaging and interacting with their readers at the same time. So, um, so how can they 
I mean, get what they need to get and find out things, but at the same time, kind of, you know, save a little bit of time on, on the whole research because not everyone enjoys doing that, first of all. And then yeah. not everyone has the time for it as well. And, and frankly, I also believe people should be doing it because even if, if you conceive yourself as an author company, as an entrepreneur, it, it is about a publishing business. Now, within a big publishing business, you have certain roles and there will be a marketing and a market research department. Now, as a single authorpreneur, you have to wear all these hats. So in order not to suffer from a heart attack very early on in your career, I think you have to ask yourself, what is really at the core of what I should be doing and have to be doing? And what are the things that are much more efficiently outsourced? And I think especially given the current situation on, on Kindle, research is something that to a large degree you can and should be outsourcing because in all essence and honesty, you should be spending your time writing and then, okay, there is the marketing book and there is a lot to that as well. But the core of a writer is writing. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, so for example, I mean, talking about saving you time, if you went on to Kindle yourself, and you you try to research the type of data, for example, I have in the database, um, you you will never be able to do it, not even if you spend 90 hours a week, all week for three years. Um, because there is a lot of, you know, computer intelligence uh, going in, into the whole thing. Uh-huh. So, for example, so, for example, if you go and say, hey, I, I want to write romance. Um, let's do a, a very concrete example so that we add value a bit here to your um, to your listeners so if you go to the romance category in in the amazon kindle market and i'm doing this here almost real time uh next to it if you go for romance then within romance alone you have about you know probably 79 sub markets related to it but if you really dive into it and the romance ranges from you know, mainstream romance to very specific niches. Uh-huh. Now, if you were to look on the Amazon Kindle market, which currently has about 2,800 book sub and sub sub categories, and you only filtered out the romance categories, uh, which is exactly what I can do with, with the Kalytics database, then romance alone, let's make this very concrete, in romance, you currently have, and I'm doing this here real time in the tool, in, in romance, you currently have, um, in terms of number of sub-subcategories, there are currently 65 romance-related car- categories in the main category romance, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Of these 65, there is only a handful that really have an attractive level of sales but at the same time, still a low degree of competition. So of these 65, and romance, by the way, is one of the best genres in this respect, you have only about 50% of those genres which are in some way good or attractive. And what the tool basically allows you to do, you can sort now all these subcategories by the level of sales, the level of competition, what is the average price in those categories, and to give you one example, if you were to go into into 
romance right now and you wanted to really go for those markets where you have at maximum, say, 5,000 titles as competition and not 80,000, but 5,000 as competition, which is still a lot, right? But, but it's not as crowded as others, but where you have an extremely high level of demand, it would be primarily related to romance paranormal titles, novels. So, you know, uh-huh. the romance that yeah. entails the ghosts, the witches, the demon devils. Yeah. And if you really look at those niches, it's amazing. I mean, if you make it, for example, into the top 20 of a category, romance, paranormal, demons and devils, as an example, if you make it in the top 20, you would on average, and that is what the data can tell you, the research here, on average, you could the books would make about 200 sold copies a day mm-hmm. in, in, in the top 20, whilst the level of competition is only around 4,172 titles in that very category. So you get the idea. It is essentially about if you either start on a very clean sheet of paper and had no clue what to do, the data can give you literally within seconds out of 2,800 book markets on Kindle. These are the, the top 50 from a sales to competition point of view. Okay. So let's just, you know, get out like the main message that is important here is that if you want to actually sell books and make money with those, you have to find the right balance between, uh, finding the category that is, um, I guess, you know, less competitive, but at the same time sells well, right? That's exactly the essence of it. And there are still pockets out there, pockets of markets, pockets of opportunity on Kindle that offer you exactly that equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. So uh, basically, if um, there is a writer who is not really picky about the modifications he has to make within the same genre to the book idea. He can actually go ahead, decide and come up with the right subgenre and then tweak his main idea to uh, kind of, you know, respond to that niche uh, demand and, and you know, uh, write uh, a book that is expected and, and uh, waited for in that niche, right? Exactly. And we have, uh, interestingly, by the way, we have a couple of members in, in the Kalytics membership who are very successful author, authors who, who started using the data exactly like you say, Annie, but also in a, in addition, almost in a, in a certain creative way. So they go into the data and say, okay, what are the top five markets in romance? Uh-huh. And, and then they go into science fiction and say, okay, what are the top five markets in science fiction? Or oh, sub, okay, so they, so they combine those two, right? And, and then they start blending the themes. So, for example, in romance, right, you have here a, a number six genre in terms of market attractiveness, which would be romance, historical romance, Scottish, you know, so the famous Highlander type of romance. Then you go to, say, the genre erotica, and you get all this alpha male stuff, uh, type of blah, blah. And then you could go into science fiction, and it will tell you, you know, certain things about alien something. So they started blending, you know, 
the alien alpha male that you know lands in <laughs> Scotland and tell you know and falls in love with this Scottish okay. princess. You know, yeah. the opportunities are limitless, but you have to know where to start. What readers read and buy. Okay, so since you're like you know you're uh, you have all this data available, uh, what can you tell me about series versus standalone books? Well, that's an interesting phenomena because when you using the data that I have and I, I look usually at the top twenty or top one hundred titles in any genre or or specifically sub-sub-genre or niches as, as we call them or sub-markets um, what is very interesting that in some especially the high-selling the high-selling genres such as romance um, series are really dominating the game mm -hmm. uh, I was completely su surprised by it we also did a special on it once um, it is interesting how series build a brand And that brand then really starts pervading um, the, the respective genre. So there's a, there's a lot to it. And, um, and I, I think it, it's, the, the trend has also been in the old Kindle, in the old Kindle unlimited royalty scheme before yeah. you were paid. But, you know, many people were basically trying to make short books and put them into a series. So it's also a bit uh, difficult to say what is cause and effect, right? So uh, is it really the series that per se is the successful bit, or did it just happen to be that many Kindle authors a year ago cut their book into three parts and publish it as a series because they thought they make more money of it? So I'd be I'd be a little careful in terms of saying what is cause and effect, and is 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 series really the holy grail? But all I can say from the data is. In almost any high-selling, attractive niche, um, I would say about a third of the bestseller list is dominated by some series of sorts. Mm. And do you have, like, do you know approximately how many books in a series you should have minimum to, for the series to pick up? Mm, uh, I, I would have to dig deep in the numbers, but gut feel from what I see from the data It is usually uh, at least, you know, three, it's between three and five books where people start calling it series and where it's also getting started. I, I would say three books is what it is. It's a trilogy. Uh, once you start talking about five books and more, it's really a series. And once you get into the whatever, 10 to 15, 20 books, then it's really a series as a meaning, as a brand, you know, and okay. obviously yeah. the, the most. The most famous, obviously, the Perry Roden science fiction novels, probably being the most famous one where you have, God knows by now, hundreds and hundreds of books in the series. Also written, and by the way, that's the charming thing, written by different authors, right? I mean, Perry Roden books are written by many different authors, and the brand has become so strong that you can start employing guest authors uh, uh, yeah. to, to, to write the books under the brand. Okay, I see. So, I mean, obviously, I always kind of, you know, uh, mention and uh, put accent on the fact that there is no magic button, there is no one universal strategy that works and stuff like that. But just going back to what you have told, wrapping this up, uh, I mean, I would... Um, simplify by putting this in a way that, let's say, if you write... Uh, if you 
make the research in advance after knowing approximately what you want to write. If you choose the category and if you write a good book in that category that you have been chosen and if you manage to make it a series, then it should most probably work. It should most probably work. <laughs> give, give, given that you, given that you have the additional um, marketing power behind it, uh, we may want to talk about this or in a different podcast. But I think what I want also to say is, I really want to motivate other authors. You know, there is opportunities out there, but I also want to be very honest and realistic to people. People tell you, "Hey, you can get rich with Kindle publishing." just outsource a book, upload it, and you'll be rich, then it's a complete lie. It does not work. It never has worked. And the only people really making money with it were those who published these type of courses. That's my message, number one. And made money from the courses. <laughs> and, and, and made money from the courses, but never from the book. Yeah. And no offense taken, even one of the authorities on Kindle Publishing if you go onto their books, you know, and look at how many books they sell, well, you know, you, you look at the sales rate, sales, 30,000, 50,000. I mean, that's not enough to pay the rent. So, so first note is if somebody tries to talk you into, you will be able to quit your job by just putting up a couple of cookbooks on Kindle. Forget it. It will never work. Um, Go ahead, Annie. You yeah. were to, you, you were <laughs> <just> to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was just, you know, uh, going to tell that, you know, most probably if the only reason you want to do this is money, then that's the wrong reason. Because obviously, you know, you won't get uh, big amounts of money straight away. And if you don't enjoy writing books, and if you don't want to become a writer, just by uh, the fact that you will be writing a lot, then most probably you'll be fed up and give up too soon. That, that is correct. I mean, having said this, having said this, though, there are entrepreneurs who, who do publish outsourced books, who are very successfully working with outsourced books, but they go about it in an extremely professional way. They yeah. run it like a publishing company, relying on the right research, targeting the right markets, having good quality ghostwriters. So that does work. Yeah, um, but then, I mean, I I have trouble calling them writers, to be honest, because for me, they are publishers, they are businessmen, but they're not writers. And I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so, yes. As an author, I fully, fully, fully agree with you. You have to have a certain passion for writing and ideally for, for the thing you're writing about. And that is the foundation. And my mission is, you know, to help people to marry that foundation with the realities of the market. And I also fully agree with you. There is no silver bullet, not even a golden bullet or a diamond bullet. There is no magic, magic pill. Um, but what you can do is using data and things that, you know, many authors, in all honesty, are also not so good at. Some are very creative and good at writing, but not so good with numbers. Oh, yeah. But if you get the two things together, um, you can at least increase the odds of success. That's one big mission. And the other is 
help people not to waste their time and creativity on things where you can almost from the outset say it's it's never going to work. Now I don't want to come across as negative at all. <laughs> there's you know there's real opportunity out there. But you really have to know what you go for before you start your book project because otherwise you will have all this whatever one year of writing wasted because you could have told from the very beginning, yeah, it may be a market, but unfortunately, even if you make it into the top five, you will only sell three books a day. Yeah, and and let's make a note here. Uh, I mean, there are many writers who uh, don't really do this for money, so they don't really care how many books they will sell. They just yeah. dream of of completing a book, writing a book, and then seeing their name on a book cover. So if if that's your goal, then you know you don't have to worry about that. Or, you know what everything we're talking about is absolutely needed to be done if you want to sell more books in terms of making money or in terms of reaching out more people uh, who will be reading your book. So that's like, you know, <laughs> this is what, what we, who we are talking for. Because uh, otherwise, if you just want to write a book and publish it on Kindle, you can still do that. And, and it's, it's no problem at all. And in that case, you don't really have to go through all that, right? Exactly. And by the way, if you just want to impress your friends and family, you can use my data too, because I can tell you all those categories where there is whatever, less than less than 50 titles in the category where just by selling two books, you will be a, a number one bestseller. So, oh, okay. if just, so if you just want to impress your family, you can use the data as well. Okay, so uh, in order to wrap it up, uh, we already kind of covered a lot. We gave the idea of how this works and what needs to be done. So I guess uh, all we have to do before uh, parting is just to let people know where they should go to get access to all this. Well, thank you very much. And by the way, thank you for the opportunity of, of telling people about it. So if you're interested in kalytics.com, you know, check us out. Uh, the website is k-lytics.com. So it's like Kindle without Indle. Uh, a hyphen and lytics such as in analytics.com k-lytics.com there you find all the information um, you find various membership tiers and also if you all or, uh, what is also possible if you only are interested in one or two genres uh, we do offer just you know single genre reports so if you are into romance or mm -hmm. if you are into science fiction you know you don't have to do a whole uh, whole subscription you can just get the relevant research report for your genre and get your feet wet. Oh, and yeah. even if you just want to check us out and, and follow us, you know, go to k-lytics.com slash blog. You will find uh, hopefully lots of interesting information there as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of free stuff also there in terms of, you know, just information and just uh, you keeping uh, up with what's going on on Amazon and Kindle. Exactly right. Exactly right. Okay, well, thanks a lot for coming over. It was really informational. Thanks for sharing uh, all this with the listeners. And, uh, you know, I, I wish you success with what you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Annie. Thank you very much for everyone who listened. So look forward to talking to you next time. And hey, have a great and productive writing week or selling week <laughs> or both. <laughs> Yeah, both sounds great. Thanks a lot. Take care. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye.
Well, I have a feeling that that's all we had for you today. I hope that you found the interview valuable. And uh, if you have time and would like to help me grow the podcast, please make sure you subscribe to it on iTunes and also leave a review. It will take just a couple of minutes. And uh, otherwise, you can always connect with me through my website, danielexander.com. Meanwhile, uh, just keep writing, don't give up, uh, and make sure that in 2016, which is really, really close, you will end up with a new published book. Take care and have a great week.